Good morning. Kansas City. 5 a.m. That only means one thing. It's time to run it back. Playoff edition. Dusty Likens with you. And my guy, good friend, coffee partner too now. Officially in the club, Pete Sweeney. Pete, what's good, man? Good morning, Dusty. Thank you for bringing me this quick trip. What is it, a life hack? Yeah, it's called the uh, Cappuccino. Cappuccino. That's right. It's uh, it's the late cousin of Al Pacino. Right. Um, scent of a woman version of Al Pacino. Blind, but gives you a lot of action. Um, you put a little bit of frozen cappuccino in the bottom of the cup. You fill the rest with the uh, yes. Columbia Espresso or mm. Espresso Coffee. Um, and uh, that is the golden combination that does give you the uh, the boost of confidence and the uh, the start you need to your morning. Every I'm telling you, it keeps it hot enough to where you can drink it and it's warm, but it also cools it down just enough to where you can get the fire started and get running with the day. Yeah, it feels strong enough that I'm going to be awake straight through to yeah. the Super Bowl. So yeah. that's a positive thing because that's the duration of this show, the running back. Chiefs playoff show leading you into Fesco in the morning at 8 a.m. Please get involved on the Jay Southland Toe Service text line 913-576-7610. Thank you for joining us up and early, right? That's right. Um, it's uh, That coffee is basically foreshadowing what this entire show is going to be. Juice, just a lot of juice. There's a little coldness in my heart, but there's a lot of warmth in yours, and together <laughs> we get people started off right away early in the morning. Um we talked about it yesterday. Chiefs-Browns, obviously the matchup is uh, is unfolding between our eyes because of the, uh, you know, the week that is the Kansas City Chiefs playoff week. I think it's interesting to see that there's a lot of, you know, different angles to attack. I think one of the main ones is still, um, is still the Kareem Hunt yeah. uh, issue, which doesn't it always seem like Kareem Hunt kind of puts himself in front of the situation before anybody else. Like I, I, I bring this up because obviously the audio that we played all day yesterday, I think on everybody's show and everybody attacked this angle in a different way. Right. But I think that there's a lot to this on the other side after obviously you react, you take time to think about it. But the thing that's interesting the most to me is that nobody like once the Kareem hunt thing happened in Kansas city, it really just kind of fizzled out on its own. Like there was never really questions. Everybody kind of understood. And I mean, everybody I'm saying the organization from the top to the bottom, Mm -hmm. the players, the media, it was a one day like, Hey, what do you think is going to happen? And then it was gone. And then everyone knew what happened. It just seems that somewhere lost in the smoke is there's this minor confusion that Kareem hunt has, or it's just a false narrative that is, he was dumped or he was, you know, pushed away or given to the, and that's not the case. And this is why it's important to me to talk about this because I feel like the problem with this situation is this is something that you don't necessarily need to do. This is unnecessary fire in a situation that doesn't call for it. And you're only going to hurt your team because the fact of the matter is You weren't let go. You weren't dumped. You weren't given up. And then in a situation where Kareem Hunt is trying to flip the narrative of his (laughs) career, where it's supposed to be this, hey, I've done this. I've done that. I've stayed out of this issue. I'm no longer doing that. I've gotten the help I've needed. And then you would think that after a Browns victory in the playoffs for the first time in over 15 years, 
there would be somebody else who would take charge of maybe the video. Like when the Chiefs lost to the Steelers at home in that field goal game, it was Antonio Brown, the perfect guy to do that. This seemed like a situation where maybe Jarvis Landry could have came out and been like, <laughs> hey, we're not the Browns that used to be the Browns. Like, here we are. But it was Kareem Hunt, a guy who has been given a second chance on a team that was rebuilding and finally got to that point. Right. And then takes this victory and then makes it about him. And I think that's where we start today off is because Kareem Hunt is using something that doesn't exist. And of course, others are going to bite on this because it's, it shouldn't be personal. It shouldn't be um, revenge. And I get it. You're going to chop it up with some guys pregame, but you're also making a case and point that like, maybe these guys don't want to chop it up with you. I think football players in general will always try to find extra motivation. If you notice, that's why Andy Reid is very, very, very careful not to give it. Every single week, it's always respect the other coach. No matter who it is, the team could be 2-10. and 10. Andy Reid always says they're a well-coached football team. Why provide that motivation? So perhaps Kareem Hunt is tapping into that. And I think looking back as a fan base in the city, we understand what the Kansas City Chiefs did with that decision. I think the Super Bowl helps, right? You can complain about the decision-making all you want when a team accomplishes that goal, the number one goal for every team in the NFL and gets it done. Every decision leading up to that feels like the right decision. So I think that certainly helped uh, the fan base feel better about saying goodbye to Kareem Hunt. This is still a very, very talented player, and he feels like apparently the Chiefs maybe could have kept him. I mean, he had that traffic stop where he was recorded telling the, the cop not being with the Chiefs on their Super Bowl run hurt his soul. So this mm-hmm. is probably a thing, even though he has found success in Cleveland, this is probably something that he thinks about each and every day. I love the comments of Andy Reid, though, when he's asked about it yesterday. Listen, I, I like Kareem. I'm, I'm glad things are going well for him. I mean, I, I know he missed, uh, you know, he, he, he knows a lot of the guys who were on that team last year and really felt bad about not being a part of that. And, um, so listen, I get, I, I get all that, but I'm most of all, I'm happy for him that things are going in the right direction for him. And he's on a good football team. They're well coached and listen, he, they, they won their first playoff game and that's, there's something to be said about that. Players are going to be emotional. I think Andy Reed, not only is these young men head coach, he is, and he becomes this father figure for them. So yeah, I think he's happy to see Kareem Hunt excel in another place that he's landed on his feet. He's found success elsewhere. And at the same time, so have the chiefs. And it just feels a little bit one-sided to me. It feels one-sided because it is one-sided. Right. Um, and again, it's it's just it just goes to show you that this is a team in which they're not looking for any way, shape, or form a reason to go after somebody. The Chiefs, the only thing that motivates the Chiefs, and I, I truly do believe this, is they literally just want to run it back. That's literally the exactly. only focus on their mind. And that's what separates teams that are successful throughout time and teams that aren't. And the quick example that I'll use is you look at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh goes 11-0, and plays a very simplistic schedule because they 
finished very poor the other, the year before. Then they finished their season one and five. There's no dominant morale or leadership on that team. That's a fact. They're all out to do their own. You heard Claypool's comments, who, by the way, Chase Claypool, big Chiefs fan. And then <laughs> you hear, you hear like Juju's like, I'm just going to keep doing my thing. I don't care. Like, right. it is what it is. I'm just going to do it. And like, it took Tomlin like three weeks where he's like, okay, I think I'm going to talk to Juju about dancing on logos. Maybe that's not the right thing to do. You don't get that with Kansas City. And you're never going to see the Chiefs win and go after either a team or a person. It's always like, for instance, the most, first example that comes to my head is Tyreek Hill reaching out on Twitter saying, am I a wide receiver one yet? Right. Like that to me is something that motivates a team and a persona a lot better than saying it's about revenge. Like it's, it's payback or, you know, blah, blah, blah. And to give you even more example, this is how cheap players react to what Kareem Hunt would say. And this is the leader of the team. Yeah, I mean that's that's my dude, man. I mean, uh, I came in with Kareem, and uh, and obviously we're not we're not together anymore, but uh, still stay in touch. I mean, he's a heck of a football player, um, and uh, someone that was like one of my best friends uh, when we we first got on the team together. That's the perfect response. Doesn't need any other smoke. Doesn't need anything like that. This is the last I'll talk about this today, and I'll let you finish <laughs> up on it. But that's the difference. Not, oh, we're not going to be friends this week. We're going to be enemies. Here's Patrick Mahomes, who's 25 years old, who came into the league with Kareem Hunt, and his response is, yeah, that's my friend. I still like the guy. He's a good player. We came in together. It is what it is. There's no animosity or little shots fired when it comes to Kareem Hunt and from anybody on the Chiefs. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes said that on the drive on Monday, 2.15 every week. The drive also asked Mahomes about communicating with Hunt, and I thought it was telling that Mahomes is a super sports fan. He's always watching the other games, always watching the national games. He was watching this game between the Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he actually texted Hunt congratulating yeah. him after the game. So I don't want to say that this is a mirage for Kareem Hunt. I'm sure it actually matters to him. I, I think in a sense, anytime you're playing a former team, for whatever reason, players get up. We used to do the show with Sean Barber, who joined 610 Sports Radio every now and again, and he would play his former team. And I remember him telling me, you always get up for those games. And so I think it's completely natural for Kareem Hunt to get up for this game. But the Chiefs, on their end, very clearly are not worried about Kareem Hunt. They're worried about winning the football game, as they should be. And I think they're handling it perfectly. And I am excited to see how they do against Hunt. It, it does add a layer of interest for me for the game. But I, I don't think it's going to be a deciding factor for the game by any means. Either way, Sunday, 2.05. Kareem Hunt gets to meet the Kansas City Chiefs back in Arrowhead. I believe it'll obviously be Kareem Hunt's first time back in Arrowhead. So we'll see if he's got some issues against the stadium as well that left him go. Um, somebody that's only with the Chiefs, Doug Peterson's name gets brought up uh, into football real recently, Unreal. which is kind of crazy because you'd think that what Doug Peterson did in week 17 was exactly what he was supposed to do. Everyone has Carson Wentz going somewhere else. Everyone has Eric Bieniemy getting hired. And it seems like the NFL just gave us two middle fingers uh, this past weekend with Doug Peterson then being fired, then the Eagles saying, oh, now Carson Wentz is, you know, substantially back in the system. Like, we right. think that he's going to keep him here. And it also now gives you, Pete, the question, you'll know this more than I will because you're more attached to this team and have followed this team more. But it seems like now that Philadelphia opened up a spot, 
it seems like the enemy's name is just falling and down and down the list. And now it makes me think, and I don't know if I'm crazy to think this, but now it makes me think that Matt, Mike Kafka is going to get hired before Eric Bieniemy. We have seen now Kafka's name, quarterbacks coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, promoted to passing game coordinator last offseason. We've seen his name floated now a couple times. And this one's interesting because the Eagles and the Chiefs, because of the Andy Reid factor, are sort of the kissing cousins of the National Football League, where it does seem like the Eagles are always interested in the Reid tree after Reid. Hey, Eagles, maybe you should have just kept Andy Reid, but that's another story for another day. I found it interesting that as soon as this deal was done where they let Doug Peterson go, they fire him and, and they move on, I get an email from some odds makers. And I'll get emails from odds makers every once in a while when it has to do with the Chiefs one way or nice. another. And the co-favorites for this on one of the websites, betonline.ag, was Eric Bieniemy. But also Kafka, the same odds, four to one favored for this position. Insane. And everyone out there who's worried about them coaching the Chiefs, they have to coach the Chiefs. They can't be interviewed until a Super Bowl bye week. So there, there's no worry about them being distracted for the next two weeks. So eyes on the Browns at this point. But I just find it interesting that now Kafka may be in a position to surpass the enemy to get that head coaching job, which does not feel right. But I think it could have to do with the fact that whatever Patrick Mahomes touches turns to gold. It's basically been Kafka as Mahomes' personal coach since he became a starter in the NFL. And I think we saw Cliff Kingsbury get a job very, very quickly because of his relationship with Mahomes at Texas Tech, which we're going to, I guess, talk about a little bit more as the show goes on. And so... Man, it does not seem fair, but that's probably the angle that teams are going to sell it on. And I, I just want to see Enemy get a job because he seems like such a leader. Andy Reid has backed him now for three offseasons going. So if the Eagles choose to take anyone from the Reid tree and anyone in Kansas City, I just, I just hope it's Eric Enemy. Well, it's interesting that we bring this up because since the Eagles fired Andy Reid, this is from Patrick Allen on Twitter yesterday, Kansas City Chiefs 91-37 and 37 is the record under Andy Reid. Philadelphia 69-58-1. Both teams each have a Super Bowl. Chiefs with Reid, Eagles with Peterson, Andy's protege who the Eagles just fired, and it seems that the Eagles just can't get enough of Andy Reid as long as it's not Andy Reid. Well, one thing that was interesting that came out from that is through rap sheet, Doug Peterson, the former offensive coordinator of the Chiefs, now former head coach of the Eagles, he didn't like that he was being told what to do. Well, welcome to the Philadelphia Eagles. That's right. the Howie Roseman show. And he just handed Carson Wentz a $50 million contract. Do you really think that if it's between Peterson and Wentz, they're going to choose Peterson? The answer is no. So as these Chiefs coaches are getting interest from the Eagles, I would just be very careful because I think Eric Bieniemy and Mike Kafka both Probably be maybe enemy before Kafka if, if what is right happens. But I think both are future head coaches in this league. Pick your spot. I don't think the Eagles is a good destination for you. No, guy. get out of there. They won a Super Bowl three years ago and then got rid of you. I'll tell you what, there's a new club in the NFL, and it's the 25 and under club. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in 610 Sports Radio, the Run It Back Playoff Show, or just the Run It Back Show Playoff Edition. Mm. I'll tell you what, 
No bad blood with the Chiefs and Browns. <laughs> Chiefs just have bad blood with the season. They want it to be over with, and they just want to get going with the playoffs. Playing that parade. That's right. You think there would be a parade? And it'd just be virtual? Like, everybody has to, like, watch it from right. home? It's similar, I think, to what they're going to do with the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl has a Madden. Madden type of connection to it. I think in Kansas City it would be some type of virtual parade where you can go pick up your X gear to get and... Yeah, you'd have to watch watch at home. That sucks. We were thinking that maybe everything would be back to normal by the time for a parade this year. <laughs> How's and that working out for everybody? What was interesting is I remember, I think it was the off season as the Chiefs were starting to get it under underway, and Travis Kelsey, he said, we're going to have to run it back in part because we want a regular celebration next year. Well, it may may wind up taking with this timeline a three-peat to actually get a, a true Super Bowl celebration. And uh, I, you know, I don't think the Chiefs would have any problem with, with that. No. Um, I also wonder, just because it's, I don't know, this is weird because this kind of takes it off the sports topic. but Right. I mean, if there's 16-5 at Arrowhead, right, sitting together in a stadium, surely they would have some sort of plot downtown where they'll just have like stickers on the side. I don't know because well, did you mass watch, crowds are hard to Can I ask like, you this? Did, did you watch any of New Year's Rock and Eve this year? I only watched a little bit of it and they were going back to like the 80s when they had the go-go's and everybody was like doing the cocaine dance. It was great. Ryan Seacrest and his new hair. It was a tremendous broadcast. By the way, he has the best gig of all time. He does. He's, he's the new school Carson Daly, but they had individual pods where you know, normally yeah. Times Square would be packed to the brim. There were these little pods. So, yeah, you might be right. I mean, they could do something out at Arrowhead Stadium, too, where you just have pods of folks. But, look, we, we're getting ahead of ourselves, right? There's probably several people in their car saying, we got to win it first, and that's true. So let's. And that's fair, and we can, we can and talk it starts about with that. the Browns on Sunday. It does, and the thing that's interesting about this game, Pete, and I get it, um, there's a lot of nuggets. There's a lot of notes that go on with with this game. But I thought that the thing that's crazy about this final four, you want to call it, of the AFC, yeah. um, because the NFC to me is just an absolute trash bucket because there's <laughs> there's really just two teams. They're on the end, they're on the end of the wick, right? Because I think, I, and this is again, this is for probably a, a show from you know two to six or ten to two or right. six to two a.m. or it's t- six to ten a.m. But I think that the narrative on Russell Wilson should change. Um, and I think that the two dominating teams in the NFC won their quarterbacks on the way out. And the only two on the roster right now is Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston. And the other team is the Green Bay Packers because they seem to be having everything going right. Mm. But again, they've got a decision to make with their running back. But it seems that it's heavy, heavy two team in the NFC. But where the AFC is, it seems like the future is completely loaded on that side. And the reason I bring this up is because if you look at the final four teams in the, in the AFC playoff picture, Kansas city, Cleveland, Baltimore, Buffalo, um, all their quarterbacks are 25 and under Baker Mayfield is the oldest. I think he's like 25. And then you have to get into the, the days and he's like 268 days old. Patrick Mahomes is like 25 and 158 days old. Then it's Josh Allen. Who's 24. And then it's Lamar Jackson who just turned 24. Okay. In those four, there are two MVPs. There is a runner-up MVP in Josh Allen at some point, if he does not win one. 
And then you have Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield is a guy who could kind of take that Philip Rivers type of mantra into his career. Like, he may never win it, but he'll be successful. He'll be a playoff quarterback because Baker's been decent um, as of late. And again, the other quarterback we don't mention is Deshaun Watson. So in the AFC, you have five quarterbacks that are 25, 26 and under, and the future is bright. And the thing that's crazy about all these quarterbacks that are in the final four of the AFC, Lamar, Baker, Josh, and Patrick, I'm on a first base name with all of them except Mayfield. Very close to Um, you. Very close. The thing is, Mahomes, 5-0 against him. Beat Lamar three times, beat Josh Allen this year, and he's beat – He's beat uh, Baker Mayfield in 2018, which is whatever you want to call it. They played, and it was the start of Baker Mayfield's career. He had just kind of gotten that role. But again, this is one of those things where you look at these quarterbacks, and if you want to add a fifth into Sean Watson, who just was in the playoffs last year, who also has MVP caliber and playoff Super Bowl potential, the AFC is loaded. And with all that talent, you've got to think the one that plays for the Chiefs sits at the top of those young 25-year-old quarterbacks. Oh, it's awesome. I mean, it's it's a great time to be a, a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs and, of course, Patrick Mahomes. And some will say that it's harder to stay on top than it is to get to the top. And now Patrick Mahomes has that challenge at the age of 25 for the rest of his career. And that's just going to be an exciting thing to watch, I think, here and even elsewhere. And you're right about the Final Four in the AFC. And I look at it, and you have Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Somewhere in that mix is the disaster that is happening in Houston with Deshaun Watson. But it even seems like if Watson were to move, it would be to another AFC team in the Miami Dolphins. So it, it does seem like all of these young guns, so to speak, are excelling in one conference. That actually is a problem for the NFL. You almost wish that some of these guys were in the NFC so we could see the championship be a matchup between two of these guys. I, I think back to all those years where it was Brady and Manning, but they were in the AFC and you were hoping mm-hmm. that that would be a Super Bowl. And then when it comes to Baker Mayfield and Baker's a topic this week in Kansas city, because right. we're going to see him on Sunday, two Oh five PM. I like Mahomes better. I like Allen better. I like Lamar better. I like Deshaun better, but I think you're right. I think Mayfield has been playing better as of late. And again, we talked to Andy Reed, on Monday, and he had some interesting things to say about Baker Mayfield. Oops. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he's, he's matured uh, on the field. Um, <clears throat> I think he, he he's really fallen in love with this scheme, it looks like, and and um, mastered it. So he, he's doing very well. That's not an easy thing to do when you've been given a couple different things as a young quarterback, a couple different schemes to you know try to be the best at it's that's not easy to do for these quarterbacks a lot of guys get lost in that and looks like he's really powered through it and done a nice job I don't want to go overboard to make excuses for Baker Mayfield but you go from Hugh to Freddie Kitchens to finally a coach that it really feels like he knows what he's doing in Stefanski and I we said this about Alex Smith I, I think back to the Alex Smith days in Kansas yeah. City what a disadvantage it is to be in multiple systems at the beginning of your career. And now, as Andy Reid alluded to, he really seems to be finding success. It's a similar system, in my opinion, to that of the L.A. Rams, where there is a little system quarterback to it, where it's it's the play action, and the play action really has to be cooking 
for Baker to excel, but especially toward the end of the year, even when he was facing pressure, he played a little bit better. And so I think he's starting to come into his own. I'm not ready to remotely put him ahead of any of those other four guys, but he's starting to show something to me where I could see him over the years working his way into that conversation. It seemed, and and this is to be fair, if we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield, it seems that Baker knows what his role is in the NFL. This is what year three of him being a starter in Cleveland. And since week eight, Pete, since week eight, Baker Mayfield has one interception. Now his numbers aren't jaw dropping, but in those weeks, they lost to the Raiders. They lost to Baltimore and they barely lost to Baltimore. Cause you remember that game. That was the backdoor cover at the end with the safety where it was a 42, 47 Monday night showdown. That was a great game or Sunday night showdown. And then they lost to the jets in a weird game. That was that jets. I think what second win, which is just the NFL in general, that the jets have two wins and they're both over playoff teams. <laughs> uh, but one interception now fumbles. I'm not going to get into. He's had a few there and lost two or three, but Baker seems to know what his recipe is. And that is they have supported him with two running backs. Yep. That would be RB ones anywhere. And they've said, here's what you need. You just need to keep us in front and don't turn it over. I'm not going to say that he is cliche game manager type quarterback because I think there's a little bit more there. I think he's got a strong enough arm. The accuracy seems to be getting better throughout his time in Cleveland, but it does make sense. He's finally got a coach in Stefanski that knows what he wants to do, knows how he wants to use this offense. And Baker has not mastered it. I don't think, but he's, he's definitely gotten better at it. I know Andy Reid said he's mastered it, but I mean, it definitely takes note that, Last year, there was a lot of interceptions and a lot of those plays where you looked at Baker and you kind of had that same true lock mentality, kind of like, is this kid going to get it? Is he going to figure it out in the NFL? I get it. It's faster. And I think people do forget that Baker Mayfield is only 25. It's only his third year, his second full one in the league. They're a playoff winning team. They went 11 and five this year. And he's in that class of quarterbacks and the Mahomes Baker thing can continue going forward because I can say this, you can call it a hot take all you want, but the AFC North for the next three to four years is going to go between Baltimore and Cleveland. Pittsburgh's on their way out. I think they're going to move on from Juju. I think they're going to rebuild within that system, try to find somebody to come in and replace Ben because he takes 41 million on the cap next year. So when it comes to Patrick Mahomes and Baker Mayfield, that can be something moving forward, obviously different types of quarterbacks, but Baker's finally solidifying himself as one of these quarterbacks of the future in the AFC, which is where some people had him, Coming out, I just think that you're not going to see Heisman Baker in the NFL, right. but you're going to see more of like a Phillip Rivers. Like, do I think there's a season in which Baker could throw 33 touchdowns, 34 touchdowns, and only like 10 or 11 interceptions? Sure. Can that win you a Super Bowl? Maybe. Can it be a consistent playoff berth type team and a consistency on an offense? Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this really quickly. Baker will never be as skillful as Patrick Mahomes. You think about the arm talent the muscle memory, the photographic memory, the athleticism, so on and so forth. But he's this gamer type of guy where if he is not killing you, he's not making mistakes, and he's simply running your offense, I think he can go out and win some important football games. And he has the personality of someone who you're going to grow to hate if you're not a a member of of that fan base, and you probably love him if you're in Cleveland because I I just think he has that, that type of personality. And the dominance of the AFC doesn't stop here. When you look at the draft and 
and what is happening there. Trevor Lawrence probably goes to the Jaguars. There's a chance that Fields goes to the Jets. And so the AFC is now going to be the class of the quarterbacks. And I'm intrigued as to what happens in the NFC and and finding some type of balance in the NFL. Sounds like it's just going to be a trash bucket for the next few years. (laughs) But either way, um, we take you back to remember when. And it's not too far. I mean, it just leads up to uh, what happened in 2018. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Five thirty-seven, still dark outside. Plenty of light inside here at Six Ten Sports Radio on the Run It Back Playoff Show. Here on Six Ten Sports Radio, your home for Chiefs coverage. And you know, partner with the Chiefs, you get to talk about the Chiefs. The most important part of the year. I feel like it's not arrogance or cockiness. Maybe it is. Sue me. This is where the real season starts for the Chiefs, at least for the next ten years. It's fun. Go fourteen and two. That's that's cool. <laughs> Whatever. Never done it before in franchise history. Dusty Likens, Pete Sweeney. Yeah. This is the Run It Back show on 610 Sports Radio. Your only playoff-focused chief show in this great city of Kansas City. Yeah, it's a big day on 610 Sports Radio. Leading right into Fesco in the morning, 7.15 a.m. I'll join the crew. And then 8 a.m. this morning, they have an exclusive interview with President Mark Donovan mm. of the Chiefs. So certainly something you're going to want to tune in for but right now we're going to throw it back to 2018 and it's when the Chiefs played the Browns last and here was Baker Mayfield leading up to the game. Patrick Mahomes before a couple years ago you guys were almost teammates in that but mm-hmm. what stands out most to you about that 2016 game when you threw for seven touchdowns? That it was a basketball score. Um, <laughs> I know looking back on it he had I think 800 plus total yards um, and they were 20 of 25 on third down so um, I think if we can keep him from completing uh, 20 of 25 <laughs> third downs, then we'll have a better chance of winning. Did you, you see run into that game? Did you have any inkling it would be that way? Absolutely. Um, that was my welcome back to Lubbock moment. Um, <laughs> and uh, weird things happen in Lubbock, Texas on Saturday nights. And so uh, it's pretty funny. Oklahoma goes back to Lubbock this weekend, and then I'm playing Pat on Sunday. At a college game, is that as good as it gets for a quarterback? I think so. So leading into that game, a lot of the talk was their matchup in college, Texas Tech, Oklahoma. The Chiefs end up winning 37 to 21. Remember, that was the five touchdown game between the Chiefs, Cleveland guys and Travis Kelsey and Kareem Hunt, who we've already discussed this morning. But I thought that sound was interesting because I just feel like Mayfield, he doesn't necessarily have a thing with Mahomes, but he has obviously some issues with Texas tech. And I think Mahomes is almost as an extension of them. I mean, Mahomes huge Texas tech guy. We saw when they went to the final four on that bandwagon. And you look at the timeline in college, Baker Mayfield actually hosted Mahomes on a visit to Texas tech in 2013. That season, he alternated with Davis Webb as the starter Then Mayfield cites a miscommunication with the Texas Tech coaching staff and transfers to Oklahoma in 2014. Mahomes starts the final three games replacing Webb in 14. Mahomes is the starter in Texas Tech in 2015, and there was that historic Mahomes and Mayfield game in 2016 leading into that NFL game in 2018. So I don't think Mayfield's issue at all is with Mahomes the person. 
but I don't think he liked how his college career played out there. He, of course, transferred, so there was some disagreement for sure. And here, I think there's always going to be a little bit of an extra chip whenever he sees Mahomes, and this is as big as it gets. Winner goes to the AFC title game. Yeah, I don't know if this is enough for me to get uh, to get the rivalry started with Mahomes and Baker just because <laughs> – I don't know. There just what do you wasn't... need him to plant a Browns flag on, no, on Sunday I, at Arrowhead? No, but I need him to get real, real sexy against Patrick Mahomes and somehow lose, and then give me a sound audio bite that lets me know that it gets to him. Because if you're, if you, <laughs> I'm serious, Pete. If you listen to me real quick, you don't really get that with Baker. Like Baker only gives himself humility or himself credit, and it's not arrogance. I don't, I don't think that's there. I, I like Baker Mayfield. Um, I think he's good for this sport, but if you think about it, everything is, it's almost like it should be, you want it to go to that step. Like I want Baker to turn heel. I want Baker to become that guy. He was that for a little bit and then had to backtrack when he didn't find success. And I think right. you're starting to get it a little bit again. And you are because, you know, this is progressive versus state farm. This is. You know, super <laughs> NFL talented, money, is. you know, and then the, and, and this, there could be this. And the only way you're going to get this out of Baker is if you just consistently beat him like Lamar doesn't hate Pat. But I know deep well down in his in his mind, Lamar Jackson knows he's 0-3 versus Patrick Mahomes. Josh Allen can believe all that he wants that he can throw the ball further than Patrick Mahomes. We know that he can't. We've seen Patrick Mahomes <laughs> throw it out of an NFL stadium that seats 80,000 people. Right. Baker Mayfield is a guy that is very confident in himself, as he should be. He won a Heisman Trophy. He went to Oklahoma. He revamped his career. But he's he hasn't done it where it matters, and he's won a playoff game. That's fine. But let's see how Baker Mayfield takes this and moves forward with it because Baker could do one of two things. He consistently be the guy that says, I woke up feeling dangerous, just felt that way. And that's fun. Like that's cute. That's awesome. And some people can hate that because it's, it's, it's arrogant to one guy, but where I need Baker Mayfield to step up is I need him to just kind of come out and be like, man, you know, Pat, you know, really took my legacy at Texas tech. He didn't win a Heisman. I did. Mahomes has won an MVP. He's won a Super Bowl. Where the hell am I at in this situation? I'm 25 too. Damn it. I'm older than this kid. And this is where we need Baker to get for me personally. But you can tell that there's some sort of animosity there because you're seeing how Patrick Mahomes' career was at Texas Tech, where it's a it's a quarterback heavy yeah. spread offense type of thing. And he became successful in the NFL. And he again takes that leap over Baker. And now we're seeing Baker Mayfield finally start to figure it out to where maybe we get more of how Baker feels about the NFL and other players other than how Baker feels about himself. Because if you watch the progressive commercials, it's all humility <laughs> on Baker Mayfield, dropping yeah. the keys, not sure. knowing where to go. So that's where I'm at with Baker. I I'll, need Baker to go from baby, from baby face to heel like that. I'll take the Patrick price five times a week, you know, any, any day oh, yeah. I'll take the Patrick. Price. But what I will say with Mahomes. And you have to be fair here, and I think Mahomes is a better player anyway, but that's the difference in going to the team picking 28th when they trade up, 18 spots to go and get you. For sure. Your system's in place. Your head coach is good. Your team is good to number one, which was an absolute mess that has seen three head coaches. Right. I don't think we could rule on Mayfield until we see how he does in these playoffs. Like I think the Chiefs win on Sunday, but I, 
I actually think Baker Mayfield is going to play pretty well. I don't think he's going to kill them. Maybe he does throw one interception, but I, I think he'll have them at least in this game for a good chunk of it. Yeah, and Baker's as good as until he gets pressure. And again, last week Baker didn't have any pressure in his yeah. face. He had a he had he didn't get sacked once. So um I will say this quickly. I will say that the Browns were successful because they got off to a quick start against Pittsburgh and a lot of things went their way. And I think that's what's important for the Chiefs this week. Any team to kind of disrupt Pittsburgh. Any or, team that has that snap yeah. at the beginning of the game, it's over. you're gonna to start to feel good about yourself. Absolutely. Especially when you're able to score right after that and make it 14 nothing and then 28 nothing. Yeah, so you want to keep Baker calm, you want to keep Baker quiet, just keep him off to a slow start and have the Chiefs come out to a fast start, and then you'll really see how much pressure it takes for Baker Mayfield to get things going. Or, you know what? Let's see Pat throw it 88 times for seven touchdowns again. <laughs> Hell, I'll fine. take that. I'd be okay be with that. Fine. Take that, Alvin Kamara, for a fantasy update. Coming up next, uh, the guys for Fesco in the morning, they start you off at 5.58 this morning on Tuesday morning. They've got a pretty big guest, and uh, we play what he had to say about maybe next year's preseason schedule. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Back in 610 Sports Radio, Run It Back Show, Pete Sweeney, Dusty Likens. With you until the guys in Fesco in the morning. They start in a little, literally less than 10 minutes Love it. here on 610 Sports Radio as we get you set up all week. As it's Tuesday already. Um, as we get you set up for Chiefs versus Browns on Saturday at uh, at 2.05, live at Arrowhead. Arrowhead time. On CBS. Uh, does that mean we're getting Romo and, and Nance at 2.05? They announced that yet? Probably a good chance. I got to check the, the media guide when it comes out. Is this, uh, we have injury updates yet or anything like that? Or will we know anything? I know Tuesdays are pretty quiet when it comes to uh, to the Chiefs and everything. Yeah, so the thing that I'm watching this week is for an update on some of these players. We actually got an update on Mike Dana and Anthony Hitchens last night. They're off the COVID list officially. They're officially back on the roster, and that's key. Dana, of course, is a role player for the Chiefs, but Anthony Hitchens is so important for this team, especially in a sense of what the Browns like to do. And Andy Reid talked about that yesterday. It's deciphering when is it an actual run? When is it play action? Both Hitchens, who Spags has called the glue of the Chiefs, and Tyron Matthew are responsible for all the communication between these guys. And that is going to be so important defending what the Browns like to do on Sunday at 2.05, as you said, Dusty. Well, speaking of communications, Mark Donovan, who spoke yesterday to the media, had a pretty interesting nugget uh, to say this about maybe the future of the Kansas City Chiefs and, uh, you know, the preseason. Our hope is that we're going to get back to somewhat what we used to do. Um, so we have plans. We're back in St. Joe. We have plans. As you can imagine, we can just step up the number of people in our, in our stadium if, if that allows um, we're hopeful the vaccine rolls out more effectively than it's been recently and we can get there quicker. Um, we have a lot of discussions, a lot of different models in play, uh, but they're so dependent on where this virus goes and what happens next that we're still in the planning stage. Our approach is to have a, have a couple different strategies that you can enact based on where we end up. That's Chiefs President Mark Donovan, who Join the boys on Fesco in the morning. You can hear that full conversation coming up at 8 a.m. That's just an excerpt of it. And I 
love to hear that. I know that there's a lot of uncertainty here. I know it's very unpredictable. But the idea of being back in St. Joe, I think we missed out on what would have been a massive celebration up there this year. It would have felt like a playoff game, a mini playoff game up in St. Joe with all the fanfare. So I think the important thing, what's our name of the show? It's the run it back playoff show. If the chiefs are able to actually run it back, I think we'll finally get the celebration that we didn't get this year with all the coronavirus stuff. I think the unfortunate thing that happened last year with training camp is I think, I think the same thing that happened with, you know, what people were looking forward to when it came to when the Royals won the world series in 15, like tickets are expensive. You didn't probably not a lot of people went to Miami to go watch the game and their best bet was, oh, well, I'll just wait until June, July when these guys go to camp and I'll get all my autographs. I'll go see all these players. Right. Everything's still pretty fresh, still pretty hyped about it. And that was taken away. And you look at the year before um, COVID struck and the yeah. NFL went down a little bit, but you look at before that happened and chiefs were setting record numbers at training camp. People were coming out because of who they were, the popularity that's there. And again, this team's popularity is not going to, it's not going to demise anyway or diminish anyway yeah. is the word we're looking for there. That's early start, but uh, <laughs> it's not going anywhere anytime soon. And you saw the type of crowds that came out in 14 and 15 and 16 with the Royals. That's going to continue with Kansas city moving forward and fans want that. And in St. Joe and that small town, the, the revenue that comes in, I'm excited to see if they can get that back as well as Donovan, you know, reaches that yesterday in the media. Yeah. Leading into that championship season. And this is before we knew they were going to go on the run that they did. It was a party up there. It was like the best high school pep rally that you've ever been to oh, with awesome. cheering and one player at a time chanting, each and every name. And I, I just think we were gypped. We were gypped out of that celebration after the Super Bowl last year. So you hope that they run it back here uh, as we all do. And then we actually can, can get there again, that full conversation with Donovan coming up at 8 AM. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's fun. You know, it just kind of gets the season started again. It makes it feel like a normal start to the season. It makes it feel kind of like, you know, this is where we're at. This is where we want to be at. And it's just encouraging to hear you know, a guy in his position uh, have that much to say about it when it comes to next year and the uh, and the future of the Kansas City Chiefs. But again, it's all about Saturday at 2.05, Pete. Browns, Chiefs, mm. you're looking forward to see who's on the injury list. I'm just looking forward to, <laughs> you know, sunshine at some point early in mornings. But, you know, that's just me. I need my Clyde Edwards-Alaire update. We've talked enough about Kareem Hunt. Is Clyde going to play? That's my question. I'm ready for that first injury report on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah, listen, Clyde's got a knee. That's what we need to hear. That's what we're going to hear. But uh, we'll see what happens. Again, uh, this is the Run It Back show on 610 Sports Radio with myself, Dusty Likens, Pete Sweeney. Please don't forget, coming up, 8 o'clock today, Fesco in the morning, Kling, Fesco, Wachowski. They've got a pretty big guest, Mark Donovan, president of the Chiefs, here on 610 Sports Radio. Your official coverage of Chiefs football and everything that goes on with these playoffs. Again, Dusty Likens, Pete Sweeney. Good morning, Kansas City. Be easy. The Run It Back Playoff Show with Pete Sweeney and Dusty Likens on the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Things that don't make sense. Driving a car you hate and not going to Oaks Kia. You should be driving a Kia.